Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. You want to know why we've succeeded in building this podcast and growing it to where it is? Tell us why, Ryan. Because we're the worst damn combination of people to be doing this. And I mean that with my whole heart and soul. So it's like multiplying negatives equals a positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hockey and Red Wing stuff and like passion for the game and, you know, liking the sound of our own voices. That all makes for a good show. But just the coordination of like the technical aspects of getting this podcast together. I just had a double aneurysm. I had one uh, uh, aneurysm about to burst and then a, a parallel blood vessel right next to it expanded and closed off the first aneurysm and that's pretty much the intro to every episode if we ever do the podcast at my house full time my seat will be on the couch i'm putting a couch where my chair should be you guys will sit in the most uncomfortable chairs and i'm putting a couch where you my have a is. child's toy clipped to your face right now <laughs> it's the only thing keeping my brain intact i I just want to point out, he just made that statement about the comfy chair while I let Ryan use my leather office chair. There is nothing comfortable about that chair. This no, chair. It's, it's literally older than Ryan. Compared to the chairs we're sitting in, yes. The, so something that I've we've coached ourselves out of, and Brad, you and I are coaching Evan out of, is making noise into the mic that's not necessary. In, like, <sighs> you can stop it. <laughs> and uh, part of that is recognizing that this chair that I'm sitting in creaks like a house from a you know an Amityville horror movie series and so I have to sit perfectly still the entire damn time and if I don't set myself perfectly at the start of the episode which happens to be the case today it is an hour and a bit of just like so lumbar pain so what you're saying Ryan is you want to switch spots uh I would switch spots with you not Evan <laughs> the problem is uh Evan's spot the my laptop screen is visible and you can no longer watch porn in the middle of an episode. It's, I mean, I can only watch the same Pavel Datsuk highlight video so many times in a row. This is true. That's actually all I do during these episodes, which is why I keep bringing him up. Fun fact about the chairs, I can tell you exactly how old it is because I bought that chair when I moved out. That was the first laptop chair I had my, for my first desk in my first place that I lived on my own. Oh, I don't God. want I don't want it. Okay, Evan, let's guess. I think it's nine years old. Wait, uh, when you you lived in your first place ever? Like, yeah, when I moved out of home from my parents. Oh, nine. Is this a 16-year-old chair? I'm 32, Ryan. <laughs> when did you move out? 14 years. When did I they mo- kick people out in the county? 12? <laughs> I moved out at 20. Oh, 12, yeah. That's like 65-year-old chair. <laughs> this chair is 12 years old? That chair is 12 years old. Ooh, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> yeah, we need a Lysol sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> I've passed out drunk on it numerous times. It made it through college. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm unfortunately Ryan Hanna. I'm old Brad Crisco. I'm Googly Eyes Evan. (laughs) That's the best you can come up with. I you know what it's you want to know something hilarious? I actually did not tell you guys this before the show. Uh, so we have a contact us page on our website, and I'm saying that to both the uh, listeners and to uh, Brad and Evan because they actually might not know. I know it's there, <laughs> Ryan. And uh, when people submit like forms on there, it, it comes through the website management. And we got a form, and I hope the person who sent this is okay with me calling out their name. Because what is this on again? Sorry, our website. Okay, yeah. we, we have one of those now. Com. 
Yeah, you made me change my Twitter. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Anyways, continue. Did I change my... <laughs> For all the listeners, when I die, I want you to remember <laughs> this. I just want you to remember how I got to the point that I did. Um. Anyways, so the form came through, and one came through this morning at 7.53 a.m. from Paul K. I won't call it his, first, uh, his whole name in case he's not comfortable with it. He goes... <laughs> He goes, Evan is the Justin Abdelkader of your podcast. That is the whole message. That is the whole <laughs> message that he filled out. I'm the captain. Everybody <laughs> everybody loves him, but yeah, but for now. <laughs> I'm the captain. Uh, there was actual news in hockey, especially relevant to the wings, and it's it's real discussion. Like we're not even gonna milk this for like more than it's worth. It's real discussion, which I'm thrilled about because though we are Almost in September, which means we're almost in divisional previews. Uh, we still got to bring content up somewhere. I'm going to preface this by saying, if this happened in November, in the middle of the season, this is a three-minute topic. But since this is off-season, this is the rest of the episode. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> um, so uh, the Detroit Red Wings on, it was Tuesday, was it? I oh, don't know. It was, it was late Far enough past the last episode and enough before this episode where it was like the perfect time to generate news in the offseason. The Detroit Red Wings uh, traded with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Red Wings sent a fourth round pick from the 2020 draft, the upcoming draft next year, uh, for Adam Ernie, right winger, um, which was very unexpected, but at the same time kind of fit what Eisman had been talking about. Um, And my initial thought was, I had two initial thoughts. One was, Okay, I have to learn a little bit more about Adam Ernie. I know I have a good impression of him, but I don't know about the year he just had. And secondly, um, Eisman just went back to his old team to get this guy, which means that that's a huge vote of confidence in my mind. So um, there's a lot to, to kind of dissect and un- unpack here, but let's talk about Adam Ernie, the player. What's he going to bring to this team, theoretically? Ideally, what we thought Justin Abdelkader would... Mm-hmm. He had more points than him in, for a fifth of the cost. Uh, yeah, but also only one more point in just a few less games. So it, it's very much Abdelkader production right now. Adam Ernie is a project. If you think he's coming in and he's going to light the world on fire year one and he's going to be this massive, oh, Iserman knows him, so he must be way better than his point totals let on, you're going to be disappointed. Could he get there? Sure. He's 24 24. I think he's an R- still an RFA, is he not? He was drafted in the same round of the same draft as Tyler Bertuzzi, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Adam Ernie is what Adam Ernie is. It's not going to be a question of, is he going to improve dramatically as a player? Is it, It's going to be, is different deployment in the lineup going to yield better results? Because he was very much buried on the fourth line in Tampa Bay playing 10 minutes a night. His underlying analytics are strong. He's a big body with some offensive touch. He scored 40 goals in his final season in the QMJHL, if I'm not mistaken. So I can see the thought process here. And like Ryan said, Eisenman knows this kid firsthand from his time in Tampa. So he wouldn't have done this if he didn't think there was something there. But that all leads me to my next point. He sounds like he could be a very usable and useful bottom six winger. Fourth round pick isn't... Much to yeah. give up for something like that. Yeah, it's a fourth round pick turns into a an NHL player nine percent of the time, I think is the exact stat. So sure, he will play in the NHL, so it's already a, a safe bet. But we traded for a player 
who fills a role that is likely the only spot on the Red Wings roster that is not a weakness, and that is bottom six wingers. All right. There's like nine of them right now. I'm going to offer a lot of counters to this, so I'm really glad that you said that all that. For context, we uh, uh, we are all in different places this weekend, so we had no time to discuss this amongst ourselves. So good radio. Um, Adam Ernie only got 10 minutes of ice time per game last season. I mentioned that. Did That's you? like Austin yes. Matthews in game seven. Uh, so there's proof that Ryan just zones out when I start talking. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Candidly, yeah, sometimes I do because I'm pulling up stats. Right. But the part of this that you might not have known is just an applicator averaged over 15 minutes a night. Oh, I'm painfully aware of that. Yes. <laughs> so it feels I, a lot more than 15. <laughs> Adam Ernie does like, I'm not going to pretend Adam Ernie's going to come in and be all like a 50 point player or anything like that. Uh, but you look at what he was in juniors and coming up, he was considered a pretty apt offensive talent, especially shooting. Um, and he brings the, or what he's brought forward in any interviews is that um, he's looking for an opportunity where there is um, space for him to be more than just a grinder. So he wants to contribute more in that realm, and he has a historical, um, you know, historical evidence of being able to do that at least, you know, on the ice. Maybe not in an NHL game; that's to be seen. Uh, but by all rights, if this guy's getting more than ten minutes a night and maybe an enhanced opportunity, his point totals could swell well above twenty points. Um, was it twenty? Yeah, twenty points. Twenty points in uh, sixty-three games, I believe. And to contribute further to that, if you look at um, HockeyViz, so that's uh, Mikey McCurdy, who we've had on this podcast before, uh, he put out a um, his his really cool like heat maps, and it shows like um, basically what each player contributes offensively, defensively, and a few other things. Uh, so his even strength, like the even strength offensive output for his team when he's on the ice, is average, which means he's like serviceable. He's not taken away from his team, but he's not adding a lot. For a guy that's playing ten minutes a night on bottom, like bottom six, most likely uh, fourth line or even the thirteenth forward minutes, that's fine. Like that, like I'm really okay with that. That's better than what a lot of Red Wings are bringing to the table. And if you're saying, does that mean a lot of Red Wings negatively contribute to offense when they're on the ice? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm sorry to say, uh, most. He enhances the team defense by eleven percent relative to the league average when he's on the ice. This guy's a great defender so he suppresses shots and uh, reduces the opponent's offense by 11 percent when he's on the ice now these heat maps so are an indication of how much shots overall so you have to factor team in there because even though it's the fourth line on tampa that's still one of the strongest fourth lines in the league right but then you also can flip that argument to the offense you could say he could be a little bit more offense uh, i'm not even sure that argument just works when i said it out loud but still it's there's these those are both very positive or at the very least neutral stats um he draws an insane amount of penalties yes he I draws saw that. 31% more penalties relative to league average uh and takes 6% fewer or 6% fewer penalties than the average player in the league um doesn't really like he's not like knocking down the door i'm not saying adam ernie's definitely a top six forward i would be surprised if he ended up being a second line winger uh but you're talking about guys who could be very very serviceable and at the very least extremely defensively responsible and young there's any team that should be taking cheap priced swings at project players it's the red wings so between what brad and i just talked about let's look at worst case ontario for adam ernie he is a guy who contributes minimally offensively, but is very responsible defensively. He's what we wanted Justin Abdelkader to be. 
or Luke Lendenning or Darren Helm or what we are expecting of all these guys. Now, uh, there is offensive upside there. There is at least the headroom for it. Whether he achieves that is to be seen. But the question is, how does this relate to the rest of the roster jam? Brad, you mentioned that this was an area where the Red Wings didn't need. Eiserman mentioned in the past where he wouldn't pass up on getting a winger get given the opportunity. And we all heard that. We all acknowledged it. But it just didn't really click because we said, well, there's so many of these guys. But you know what this screams to me? Eiserman thinking, N, De La Rose, you know, Helm, Glenn Denning, all of these guys. Yeah, some might be likable or yeah, some might be better than what we've had in the past, but they're expendable. No kidding. I would not be surprised if Steve Eisenman has something up his sleeve, but I wouldn't bank on it. I think it'd be a small miracle if he could ship out one of the anchor contracts, but still. I still think there are teams who would have some interest in Darren Helm. Oh, absolutely. If the price is right, of course. And, you know, there might need to be some salary retained for those teams that are <clears throat> are contending. Um, but basically everybody else is expendable for minimal return. So Eisenman's made these tough dis- decisions before. I love I love uh, Steve Eisenman as an example of a GM who will make tough decisions because of that extreme example of leaving Martin St. Louis off of Team Canada, which ended up uh, with like St. Louis being traded from Tampa Bay and Eisenman retiring from managing Team Canada at the Olympics in a world competition. Um, but yeah, like you're looking at N. De La Rose, uh, these guys, these bottom six guys, and I think what we're losing in the whole is there a roster jam, is that Eisenman will just get rid of him. He'll make the tough move. He'll wave. He'll buy out. He'll do whatever. He has to. He, yeah, he doesn't have much of a choice right now because, again, looking at the depth chart right now, there's not a spot for De La Rose on this team right now. No. Uh, there's not a spot for Rasmussen on this team right now. And I'm not saying either of those guys should be on the Red Wings, but there's going to be players who are going to be in Grand Rapids who absolutely should be in Detroit right now because... The one thing I don't think, I hope I'm wrong, but the one thing I don't think uh, Eisenman will have the balls for yet is to send an advocator down, to send a Darren Helm down, whoever it might be, with a bigger contract if they're not performing up. Because I don't love the trade because I don't love giving up a fourth-round pick in a stacked draft, what's looking to be a stacked draft, um, to fill a position where the Red Wings really aren't weak. But that being said, I do like Adam Ernie's upside more than Helm, Abdulkader, Della Rose and like he's the best option of those guys, but it's not like he's likely going to be replacing one of those guys because if the roster does come down to Blash Hill for opening night, it's not going to be one of those guys that's getting bounced in favor of Adam Ernie. It's going to be Zadina, Hiroshi, or Rasmussen in all or Svechnikov in all likelihood getting bounced for Ernie. And that this is all conjecture. It might not happen. And if it happens, I'm thrilled. But I mean, I'm we've seen how this team has operated from a roster level for the last five years. And yeah, Eisenman's new and that gives me optimism, but I'm still of the mindset until I see something different, I'm going to assume the norm. I know the, at the home opener, as soon as the Ross lineups announced, there's going to be a WTF moment. There's absolutely going to be, because even if Eisenman has some control, you have to give your coach some control over it. As much as I disagree with most of Blashill's roster decisions, He's your coach. You have to give him control He's of the He's down lineup. in the trenches more than the GM is. A hundred percent. Like, it's, it's insane if the GM would set the opening night roster, which is, he might say, uh, like, how Ken Holland had a couple years ago with Willette and Nyquist, yada, yada. He's like, no, there's cap reasons. There's contract reasons. We have to send these guys down. 
but that's rare, and nobody on the Red Wings right now is in a position where that matters. So right. Blashill literally will have free reign to just be like, these are the 14 forwards or 13 forwards, depending if he goes with seven or eight defense, that I want on the roster. And again, best predictor of future events is past events, and... I am fully certain our bottom six this year is going to be completely and utterly incapable of scoring goals. And I don't think Adam Ernie is the answer to that, even though I agree with you. He's an upgrade on just about everybody else who's in line to play third line left wing right now. My take on what Eisman thought was, look, this rebuild is not going to be perfect. And at some point I have to listen to Max Boltman and say, if the talent is there and it's available at a good price, you just have to do it. It's not going to be pretty it's not always going to be exactly the timing that you need but you have a 24 year old uh who has at least some kind of uh, room to grow further because he has he's been a little bit suppressed in his opportunity and you know is still a very good defender and i can get him for a fourth round pick in a draft where i already have a bonus third round pick i'm going to take that because he's like he they just they signed him for a one-year deal by the way for just just north of a million dollars which is obviously great yeah that's nothing to be concerned about in for term or cap hit um and he's saying the talent's there and i'm gonna get it and i'll figure out the the rest later yeah just swing away you know it if it doesn't work out it wasn't a big hit at the time and you know fourth round pick at the end of the day isn't the end of the world and if something if he achieves more than what people expected of him it was a great move. Yeah. And and when you look at the Red Wings depth chart too, the I'm not talking about Detroit and Grand Rapids, but when you look at the prospect system, the position they are thinnest at for prospects is left wing. Yeah. Like I think Master Simone is the only listed notable prospect at that position right now. So it makes sense. And Ernie's not prospect young at 24, but he's younger than everybody else he's competing with in those spots. He's younger than everyone else. And if he's basically, if he makes it out of this, like out of the rebuild, he pans out he will be a guy that would make sense to keep on the team as yeah. an effective player. There will be a lot of casualties. The, oh, There's the, going to be a ton. Uh, don't buy any jersey for anyone who's not stuck to the wall. And yeah. also, don't expect a decision on this logjam to happen anytime soon. This is a move where Iserman's going to probably sit down with Blashill like a few days before the season and go, okay, what are we thinking? What are we looking at? And then he'll fire off some waivers, some trades, some whatever he has to do. Yeah. It's not going to happen until the end of preseason, if I had to guess. Yeah, Brad, uh, despite the fact that I was not arguing, but like kind of countering Brad, the point does stand. Something does have to give. Camp is the biggest you know, predictor of that. If Valeno comes out and has a dud of a camp, and Rasmussen looks kind of similar in terms of being a little bit antsy out there like he was last year, then, yeah, it makes sense to send both those guys to Grand Rapids. If Zadina comes out and is absolutely on fire, then, yeah, they're going to have to find the room for him. One thing where I had more, or I have more confidence now is that that roster, the way the Red Wings operate in terms of who they keep up, um, you mentioned that like historically they haven't kept up young guys or giving guys an opportunity or a little bit of a leeway i have a little bit more of an innate trust that eisman will push that through but i that does kind of, you're right in that it does depend on on how much control blash hill has and and again i would much rather have eisman making this decision but if it's an nhl hierarchy and you have a coach you have to believe in that coach and you have to give him that control that's that's the reality of how the nhl needs to work unless there's a major cap or contract implication Opening night roster should go to the coach. So I'm not going to sit here and declare that X player has to be here and, and Y player has to be there. But 
all things considered, where I think players likely can't or will and should go is Rasmussen and Valeno spend most, if not all the year, all the year in the AHL with Grand Rapids. Zadina should spend at least 41 games with the Red Wings, in my mind, if not more. He needs um, to start in Detroit. Yes, I agree. Um, and though I'm not as high on him as others, the reality remains that we still do not have a good look at Evgeny Svechnikov, and he needs to spend the like legitimately the first 30 games at least with the Red Wings. The guy needs to be up. And if he still is a little bit rusty, start him off in Grand Rapids, but find the room for him very quickly. But but and again, that's the issue we're gonna have is right now you if Ernie makes the team and the veteran bias stands, the only space for prospects on the team right now is it looks like you could probably get Zadina and Hiroshi in there and that would be it. And that's a maybe. That's I think sending I forget exactly how the chart broke down, but that's sending Christopher N. And I think waving Jacob Delarose, yeah, to which, make that happen. Those are both very real, realistic possibilities, but still, something has to give. Yeah, lots on of, forward and defense. Yeah, lots between now and, and the time to make that decision. And I don't doubt that Eisenman will make a decision. He might not have to though. Preseason could determine that. Delarose and Helm go down for two months because of injury X and injury Y, and all of a sudden the problem starts out. Last year, the Red Wings had four rookies play their. Uh, first NHL game or five on the same day at the home opener because there were so many injuries in preseason. Yes. So, so that kind of leads me into my next uh, topic here, which is um, a lot of the uh, staffing changes that we've talked about recently have been, were made official um, in Steve, classic Steve Eisman fashion, which was very, very quietly. Um, the I'm going to pull up the list of them here. Um I was driving when this happened, and I got back, and I saw that all of this came up, and I was like, I have to go to a party. I don't really have the time to sit and, like, tweet all this out. And then I saw that Max did everything. I was like, thank God. I saw it five hours after it it happened. I've been very out of the loop the last two weeks. Uh, So Chris Draper, um, as we had reported, uh, has been confirmed as the Red Wings Director of Amateur Scouting. Uh, Ryan Rezmierski, formerly of Nashville, and Jesse Wallin, formerly of St. Louis, are now new chief scouts. Um, the news that, two teams that have drafted well. Yes, uh, news that I didn't break, but uh, a couple of collegiate guys did right before me. Rob Rassi uh, came over, as well as uh, former Saskatoon Blades assistant coach or assistant uh, Bryce Thomas. Uh, they were added as amateur scouts. Kirby Doc trade imminent. <laughs> former Canes video coach LJ uh, Scarp. Scarpaccia, I might be saying that wrong, uh, is now with the Red Wings. He was former uh, University of Michigan Director of Player Development, Go Blue. Um, and then uh, Yuri Fisher went from Director of Player Evaluation to Associate Director of Player Personnel. Sean Horkoff has added Assistant Director of Player Personnel to his Director of Player Development title. Dan Cleary got, to pr- got a promotion from Player Development Assistant to Assistant Director of Player Development. Holy crap. And news that we talked about a little while ago, uh, Mike Barwis of, uh, is now the director of sports science and human performance. Is there uh, an org chart somewhere that we can read? Yeah. yeah, God, yeah. That This is literally so, from the org chart. Yeah, so much better. Uh, so the Justin Spiro or Spiro on Twitter, I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, uh, talked about Mike Barwis and apparently this kind of does lend a lot of credibility to the whole, the Red Wings uh, fitness you know, strength training and development program was essentially unchanged for the last 20 years. <laughs> Fitting this pizza in my mouth. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so 
a reduction in injuries would be nice. That would be good. Uh, performance, uh, uh, endurance yeah. increase, because not to name players, because I don't ever want to call an NHL player out of shape, because even the worst uh, in shape player in the NHL could do laps around me. But let's just say a but, player fell off a cliff for no reason in a year. Say his name was like Trevor Daly. Something like that. There's, There were definitely performance issues that even the average fan could pick up on. Yeah. What this all screams to me, if you Barwis is one of the more progressive fitness guys, we all know that Chris Draper is very progressive in his views on scouting, and so is Horkoff, so is Cleary, who just got promotions. Yeah, it's very, very obvious that Eiserman wanted to what's the word I'm looking for here modernize the management structure in the Red Wings. Yes. and I am very happy to see it. Obviously, most of the names that were we rambled off there. Nobody outside of people who actually work in the hockey world know these guys that well and can give in-depth. Is I know who Jesse Wallin was as a player. Could I tell you anything about him as a scout? No, I, know, I saw his not. name. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm like, no, I couldn't tell you anything about it as a scout. But just based on the overall theme out of all these moves, it's I'm so in favor of this. It's long overdue. The Red Wings are bringing themselves out of, I'm not going to call the dark ages, but that old school mentality. And are starting to now catch up with the rest of the Feudal league. fitness. <laughs> there Evan, it is. man, that's good. I like that. I'll go back to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and, and it's good. It doesn't matter how much credibility there is to the whole and nothing has changed in 20 years. What we're seeing right now is Eisenman changing what he can change. The stuff that's behind the scenes. He's making this his team and organization. The cogs that happen you know, under the ice, behind closed doors are just as important as the play on the ice because that's how you get the play on the ice. And Eisenman didn't build Tampa's program out of nowhere, right? He knows what he's doing. And to see him bring in his people or minds that he has wanted to bring in for some time, even if he was over in Tampa, it's really exciting as a Red Wings fan because you now have faith and a belief that what's happening is of Eisenman's creation. It's of his mind. And so you're not seeing you're we're going to start to see a little bit of a dissipation of, you know, Holland holdovers or old school traditions or, or uh, business methods um, that maybe hampered the team or at least sent the team in a direction that we wouldn't want them to. And now it doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. There's going to be stuff that you know, fans are going to disagree with. I know the response on Adam Ernie was split, but it's still good. It's good to have a new GM and have them come and. A, have the license, and B, exercise the license uh, to basically put their print on this team, make it his team. So strength and conditioning is honestly the most exciting thing about all that, but also um, amateur scouting, yes. Pro scouting is hugely important, and I'm very excited to see that change because the Red Wings pro scouting has been lacking for the past. When was the last time the Red Wings acquired a good player? Um, Mike Green? Yeah. And before Mike Green. Give me a minute. Yeah, it's it's going to take a minute. Robert right? Lang. Uh, was Brian Rafalski, was he before that? Brian, no, that? I think Rafalski was after that. Robert Lang was what, 2007? Six? Five, I want to say. Yeah. Anyways, so it's all really good stuff. And if you're like, this just seems like a little bit of uh, off-season content and we wouldn't be talking about it during the year. A little bit right, but it is genuinely very impactful, um, and it's something to keep an eye on. Um, the beauty of Twitter and online, you know, reporting is that there's way, way more of a focus on this stuff now that we all have access to it. 
and this is actually surprising that we have as much information as we do because Eisenman is ironclad. He lets nothing go. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, it was some Red Wings news that happened. Um, Brad, you're going to hate this. Let's give everyone a quick RFA update. We got a question uh, from someone. They were asking, is this the best RFA class ever? Yes, because normally they've all been signed by now and nobody cares. Everyone right now is waiting. Patrick Line, Miko Rantanen, you know, Braden Point, they're all waiting for the Marner shoe to drop. We oh, have, man, there's going to be a lot of unsigned RFAs. This, this is going to be an awkward October. Yes, October. October spelled yeah. with an A-W-K. Yeah, I realized saying it out loud was just the word October. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, before we get into that topic, actually, uh, we recorded an episode that we haven't uploaded yet. It's another bonus Patreon-exclusive episode. It is going to piss people off. Oh, yeah, I pissed. saw some of the, when I retweeted that one thing this week and people got mad. Yeah. I was it, like, oh boy, they're going to love that episode. That episode pissed me off. Yeah, it was, uh, we did like one you're of those. You're welcome, Brad. <laughs> I'm still angry about the Rangers. <laughs> no, we're putting the Rangers. When I, when well, I, you can't tell anyone. No, they don't know what I'm talking about. Just the Rangers pissed me off. We're switching it to what you recommended. I got home and I was like. We can't. We can't, we can't now. It's recorded. It. You, you done goofed. It doesn't make any sense then. Ryan changed it already. We should switch to the Rangers in Vegas. I'm just saying it's no, right there. No. You can't, can't be pissed about the Rangers. Listen, these mistakes have already been made uh. or what you deem to be a mistake. <laughs> you have to live with it. That's life. So what we did was just we ask created, every teenage mom. We re- we created one of those tiered lists that have been going around Twitter for the past like six months. And it was uh, I made the tiers. It was elite from the top down. Elite. Great. Good. Poor. Bad. And oh, God, my eyes. And we ranked every uh, NHL jersey in the league last year. So the home and away sets, which counted as one set, and then any third jerseys or special jerseys that came. And you only find out what that is if you are a Patreon. Patreon. So we'll, Patreon. we'll yeah, we'll post that for the patrons sometime in the next week or so. Um, yeah, and so funny story. I went home and I showed it to Mel, and Mel was like, "No, I hate that. I hate all the decisions you made." She's like, "Why is that?" She's like, "Why are the Rangers here instead of here?" And she agreed with you, Brad. What was me? Oh, she's God. good. Yeah. She's good people. Ryan yeah. had to go and have a cold shower. Yeah, cry. I actually tried breaking up with her, and then I was sobbing. Hey, she also music. agreed with my baby name. So everyone agrees with that baby name. Do we have a license yet to put that on Patreon? Not yet. Ugh. We're, Brad, come on. It's not a debate anymore. A decision's been made. It's been made, but it's not being We're announced until he's born. What? It's not being announced till he's born. But we. It did we win? I'm not. It's not being announced till he's born. I'm gonna <laughs> beat the ever-loving shit out of you. <laughs> Anyways, I gotta uh, have some fun with this. What are we talking about? Uh, Brad, no, before oh the, the jerseys. jerseys. Anyway, Mel, Mel oh, right. tends to agree with everything I say. Is what Ryan's saying. So Mel started making her own tears, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you were live messaging us when she was going about it. And so uh, we just started fighting, and then I stopped. And then Brad, you actually messaged me this at the exact moment I thought of it, which was, "Hold on, stop this." I'll wait, and we're going to record this for patrons as well. <laughs> because it's going to be a huge fight. And we can't gonna... get, we'll just have her over, and we'll get Crystal in on it, too. Because Crystal disagrees with every hockey opinion I have. Oh, man, that's going to be great. Well, Does Cat watch hockey? No. Okay, so it'll just be Crystal and Mel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll post... It's going to be a. It's essentially a brawl. You guys are all going to hate it. Anyways, I'm excited for you to listen to it. And we'll post uh, an accompanying But picture. I didn't... Do, are we going to do that for... Uh, 
like podcast or YouTube? Because I thought we were talking YouTube for that one. No, uh, we'll talk about it. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, back to the RFA class. No. We, we have sunk it into the level of pure delusion with Marner. People, he's he wanted $10 million a year for three years. He's going to get over 10 unless they give Wasn't him a five year contract. Wasn't there a rumor contract. that the Islanders were. Preparing an offer sheet for Mitch Marner yeah. for thirteen yes. million dollars, and I think the person who reported that had less followers than I do. So yeah, yeah, who is that? Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah. day, boys, one day. Can, when can I petition for that blue check mark? I'm get, I gotta be in. The How range. many times do we have to have this I, conversation? I know, I, but I I'm waiting to get a different answer, Brian. I have, I've myself explained it three times. <laughs> no, I know. And I recall each time. You know what's gonna happen though. You know, you know between our official account, you, me, and Evan, you know who's getting the blue check mark first, right? It's gonna be me, it's Evan. It's absolutely it's gonna, gonna be Evan. Evan. You know the the, yes. the path forward is very obvious. It's the official account and then us three. Evan the other day says to me and Brad, he goes, "Oh, I can't wait to pass these guys." It's like Evan, who do you think you're getting these followers from? <laughs> Evan goes. He's gonna retweet one thing, and oh. it's gonna be a quote tweet, just him saying yes to something below it, and it's gonna get like twenty thousand retweets, <laughs> and in a day he'll pass us. I'm not one for pandering, but I'll pander to pass both of you and get that blue <laughs> check mark. Uh, it's uh, I, my favorite thing was Evan going. I jumped like a hundred followers in the past two days. We're like, yeah, Evan. The draft happened. <laughs> I had like 50 notifications on Twitter. I was like, what the hell yeah, happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast, Evan. <laughs> yes. Uh, believe it or not, you're a part owner of this show. Did you know? Yes. The other thing I found out is cottaging and golf take a lot out of your life and brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's be been rough. tough. It's been tough. I love doing these podcasts after driving back from my hometown to here. Because I just base, I don't even listen to music or podcasts or audiobooks anymore. Because I know I just need the mental capacity to fucking talk to you guys for an hour and a half. I just imagine Ryan on those drives is just um, Buddy from Full Metal Jacket, just without the gun. Kinda, yeah. Sometimes I put a uh, system of a down on as loud as I can make it, and I'll play Jeez. the same song like three times in a row, and then I'll just like cool off a little no, bit. No, what happens is, Ryan, I just assume the radio is broken in your car, and you put on Bodies by Drowning Pool, and it just freezes at that let the bodies the floor, and then it's just that floor part for two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just <Kinda>. screaming. <laughs> Start like a cop's driving next to me, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't want to pull guy. that guy over. Uh, yeah, RFAs, that's pretty much all we have about RFAs. Uh, because uh, it doesn't matter and nobody cares because they're not signing anytime soon. It's It does matter and a lot of teams care. How many of those RFAs are Red Wings, Ryan? Oh. Remember when we were told there'd be offer sheets? There was one. There was one. I said sheets. Yeah, you're fair. Multiple GMs are preparing multiple offer sheets. Like, it was just ooh. big muscles Bergevin. Come on, did you really... It's we know it's true. Lou Lamorello paying thirteen million dollars for an RFA that he butted heads with behind the scenes when he was in Toronto. No, yeah, of course he would do that. But Mitch Marner can't grow a beard, so that's a plus. William yeah. Nylander uh, looks like um, a PhD in like English lit. Did you guys see that picture? Yes. So here's what I have to put out there into the world and hoping that this did, message reaches Didn't whoever. he get roasted alive by other NHL players? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm about to add to that. So 
I don't know if he lives on his own, but if he doesn't live on his own, if he has a girlfriend, roommates, family, or boyfriend, you know, or a dog, whatever, whoever is in his building in the morning, don't let him dress himself. You need to take control of the situation. This is getting out of hand. I support how he dresses be purely because you have that opinion. Just I, so you know. I, I wouldn't respect you if you didn't. <laughs> Uh, Jim Benning got extended as GM of the Vancouver Canucks. Am I the only one who's not surprised by this? He's objectively not done a good job, but here's the thing. The owners told him, go get a team that's going to compete now. So then he went and acquired a lot of pieces that are going to help the team compete now. Compete for a playoff spot, absolutely not a Stanley Cup, but he has accommodated exactly what his bosses requested he do. Why would they fire him? Most, if you imagine Ron Hextall in there right now, he'd have tried firing the Aquilinas into the Pacific Ocean by now. He probably could have succeeded. He's scary, honestly. Uh, yeah, you know what? The the funny thing is that their reasoning was sound, and it's kind of what you want to hear from an owner when they extend a GM, which is you don't want that hanging over a GM's head that they're going into a contract year. Um, eat your heart out, Tom Dundon, who literally let the contract expire. Did we talk about that? Waddell got an actual contract. From Carolina now after yeah. interviewing with Minnesota. Yeah. He definitely didn't give it to him because he definitely didn't just find out that you legally have to have your GM under contract by the end of August. Definitely knew that before for sure. A hundred percent. And honestly, Don Waddell was actually acting as GM for what, over a month without getting paid? I think he was still getting paid. How? He didn't have a contract. Uh, it's probably just like a... Under the table, wink, wink, nudge, no, nudge. Here's a stack of cash. Not something. under the table, but they probably just... Whatever his monthly or bi-weekly pay is, they probably just kept giving it to him. Okay. I hope so. Yeah, he wouldn't it work wouldn't, for free. Wouldn't he, though? No. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> it's not us. I would never work for free. You see, well, I mean, you don't work, so there's... That you know of. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was the, the whole point. We don't know if you actually work. You just kind of disappear for a little while. Do I look like I'm aging? No. Oh, well, then that. No, that, not at that all. Joke backfired. Then. Neither of you age. It makes me really angry. I may be outside, I look like I'm 23, but inside, I feel about 53. Yeah, well. I so went to bed two hours later than when I usually do, and I felt hungover. You went to bed at 9 p.m.? No, that's when I usually go to bed. <laughs> It's not a joke. Well, one time we started recording. Ryan, do you see the vein that's starting to emerge in the side of my forehead yeah. here? As he's saying this across from the dude with a th- three-year-old with the energy of Sonic the Hedgehog and a pregnant wife. That was your choice, though. <laughs> yeah, you did that both times. I did that willingly, but the energy outputs are vastly different here, Evan. You want to know who she gets that from? Crystal. Definitely not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Crystal is the only person who enjoys sitting down and just looking at people with a stink eye more than me. <laughs> the RBF is strong in that it one. It really is. And that wasn't the case when we met. Like, that's been acquired. Yeah, because you suck the life out of everything and just use it for your own benefit. That is a fact. Yeah, but I don't do that anymore. I have now transferred it to another person to do Evan and on I, my behalf. Evan and I used to actually like uh, hang out and talk. I've been tired for eight years. Yes. <laughs> I've been tired. Well, how long have we been doing this podcast? <laughs> that long. Anyhow. Anyways, I woke up at 5 a.m. yesterday and went to bed at 1230. Moving on. Waddell's getting paid. Jim Benning got an extension. 
Vancouver fans, uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, Buffalo very obviously knew that we were recording a jersey ranking episode and released their own 50th anniversary jerseys. I think they are crisp as hell. Yeah, people were telling me they didn't like it. I was like, explain. They're like the gloves. I was like, that has nothing to do with the jersey. Those are your gloves. Those go on your hands. Your jerseys do not go on your hands. I like white gloves. I like white gloves with white jerseys. Yeah. But it, that's the end of that that list. They use gold, and um, it was phenomenal. They're the Notre Dame jerseys with the Sabres logo. The pattern on, like in the actual Buffalo is amazing. Yeah, it's really... I, if the Red Wings could do something like that, I'd be pretty down. It was well, we had sweet. that silver accent the one time for the outdoor game. And I actually didn't mind that jersey. It was I, just kind of boring, but it was actually kind of nice. It grew on me. Yeah, I, I came to appreciate it more as time went on, and now I'm upset I don't have one. Um, I so, would absolutely get an Anthony Manthon that one though, because so where's the should we say where we think that Buffalo jersey ranks? I'd put it in the good tier. Definitely in the good tier. I for would me. put it in the good tier. they uh, the Royal Blues to come the year after that. Have you seen the mock-ups for those kids? Those, those were like the throwbacks, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what they're going to switch to in a year. Yeah, that's Buffalo needs to get rid of their current iterations and just take their jerseys. I'm going to pick a year '92 and just roll with those. Right down to the socks, uniforms change nothing. Those were good. If you don't aren't a fond of those, I will happily take '99 as well. Yeah, someone mocked up the royal blue, the gold, yellow, and white, the home away, and then the third was the uh, red, black, and white yes, angry goat. Please. That was like that is instantly an elite jersey set. Instantly. Yes, that's top ten in the league at worst. Yeah. At worst, the annoying Golden Knights account tweeted gold on a hockey jersey. Who could possibly possibly have thought of that? <laughs> Got him. And I quote tweeted saying, "Lots of teams have done it. Uh, difference being, they didn't announce it by shoving Golden in their team name, and then Murray Pam." Uh, at Pammer Hockey tweeted at me, just tweeted Golden Seals, and I went, God damn it. <laughs> I've made a fool of myself. But okay. the point still stands. Vegas, you are you are far from an original thought. They should have been the Golden Nuggets, just saying. They should have been the Flum We were robbed. No, if Vegas. they had to put Golden in the name, it should have been Golden Nuggets. Golden Nuggets. Yeah, well, Golden Flamingo. I would have done glo- Golden Flamingos or a Golden A pink Knights. and gold theme? Oh yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, that's like that's all the bachelorette parties that Mel's been planning have been pink and gold theme. She could have been the head designer for that. Uh, that's uh, that's our off-season content for today. Do we want to go back to talking about Adam Ernie? Nope. Uh, we we didn't. Well, we had a brief moment this year where we had a freaking A line. That's now, right. We didn't we, even talk about the. Well, there's a potential Ernie. that Bert and Ernie will be on the ice at the same time. Bertuzzi and Ernie enough is is or is enough for it to be funny. But Bert, uh, Bertuzzi, Christopher N, Adam Ernie, Bert and Ernie. We need just just Jeff Blasha. Listen to me. If you do this one thing for me, I'll forgive everything you've done over the last five years. Just opening night, that's your starting lineup. They don't have to play another shift together the rest of the year. But Christopher N is centering Adam Ernie and Tyler Bertuzzi for the season opening faceoff. It's all I and ask. And they play the Sesame Street theme song. I will call a full moratorium on any negative comments about Jeff Blashfield for a 12-month period if he does that. And I will put that in writing. I will write that in blood. And then we hire... Larry Robinson as an assistant coach. Why? You don't know his nickname? No. Big Bird. Larry Robinson? Oh, oh, oh. That's his I, nickname. Yeah. We can have Big Bird on the bench. Yeah, I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm <laughs> what dumb. other Sesame Street themes can we get going here? Oscar the Grouch? 
What Oscars? Oscar, Oscar Lindbergh. Vegas, get Vegas on the phone. Why did I not remember they were just called Big Bird? That completely left me. I don't know. Oscar, uh, who's Oscar the Grouch? Oscar, Oscar Lindbergh. Sunfist. Oscar Sunfist. He He's actually usable. Expensive. Yeah, he just signed an extension. We'll go for Lindbergh. Uh, who else? Who else? Major, major Sesame Street characters. It's been a while. Um, we Elmo? who's uh, Oscar the Grouch is the one that lives in in the garbage can, right? Yeah, yeah. great. We got dozens of those already. <laughs> who's who's the Cookie Monster? The Cookie Jimmy Monster. Howard. <laughs> He's been having a couple cookies. He does it every off season, and it's always great. I'm fine. And, and someone always sends me a picture like Jimmy Howard question mark, and I'm just say thick. That's all I say. <laughs> Absolute back. Yeah. unit, dummy thick. Yeah. By the way, have you guys seen Toy Story four? I have not. They made Bo Peep thick. And I was like, that is a child's oh, toy. I was like, well, you did not need to do that, Disney Pixar. Did you see the prank the one guy played on his mom? I think it was Toy Story 3, the scene where they're in the incinerator. And he dubbed in the end credits right there. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, she and they let her believe that for a whole 24 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay, I'm going to switch this over to Patreon. Uh, where Overtime is uh, brought to you by patrons who support the show, uh, make us be able to do what we do. Um, all the growth and th- cool things that we've done are uh, as a direct result of their support. Their comments get read out on air, guaranteed as our way of saying thanks. Uh, we've lost Evan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin Wood says, hey dudes, quick update on my front. I recently started a new job in the cannabis industry, no less, designing for Leafly.com. They are based in Seattle, Washington. Hold on, stop. Oh, hey. How much is he paying us for this sponsor? He's a name level sponsor. Okay. So what he wants. I'll allow it. Uh, although he is still in Austin, Texas. So I uh, guess I have a reason to root for the Kraken. Huzzah. Uh, Yo, can you get like... Do it. You have influence there now. Uh, like, literally, just bring the weed to the owners. They'll get high. They'll think it's hilarious. It'll happen. This is on you now, dude. And now, I don't think you need to encourage Seattle. Seattleites? Satellites. Anyways. Seattleites. Uh, enough about me. How about these Red Wings? No, seriously, how are they? Max posted an article recently about the effects of losing, but uh, like losing, losing, and even if the kids are improving, he spoke about how it can potentially hinder long-term health. Uh, I would be so, so interested to hear a candid conversation between our youth and um, around American Thanksgiving about how Detroit is performing. I have faith in players like D-Boss to keep the kids focused, but still, it's got to be tough. I guess I guess this is more of a comment than anything, but interested to hear your thoughts on it. Cheers, fellas. It's like well, when Ryan O'Reilly said he no longer loves hockey. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one silver lining from last year is the Red Wings lost a lot of one-goal games. I think they had the most one-goal loss in the NHL, so they weren't getting shelled. It's not like they were walking out there and getting pasted 10-1 by Montreal every night. We're not the Ottawa Senators. They were in every game, so... That's the silver lining there. And even Max outlined, as long as the kids are doing well, at least their confidence will stay high. Because if you're Anthony Mantha and you go out there and put up two goals and an apple in a 4-3 loss, are you really going to be hanging your head that night? And that's Probably why not. you so. need to handpick the veterans in your locker room. Yeah. Because some are only there to win, and obviously the Red Wings aren't doing that, so they can potentially turn this into a bad situation. So it, It's also important to have a few personalities in the, that room. Yes. So, guys who can keep that room light, because there are going to be stretches this year where it's, it's going to be a long dark. season. Regardless of, of anything, it's going to be a long year. Because like, I've heard Mike Green's a bit of a character behind closed doors, and, I, and Bertuzzi obviously <laughs> is. So it's like, those are the guys the team honestly needs to lean on in the room to keep things light, because they're going to have some extended streaks of sucks. So. Long story short, this year 
matters a lot for, for this topic. I don't think you need to make it out of this year with some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Don Mitchell says, what's up, boys? With the Ernie signing, will there be any other moves to reduce the redundancy of the bottom six, or will we just be playing the waivers game? Um, Depends on health after preseason. I would say here's the likelihood of of things clearing up room. 50% likelihood injuries will clear up room. 30% likelihood it'll be waivers. 20% likelihood trade. Uh, Who will be the first of our team's RFAs to be extended during the season? Uh, Bertuzzi, because I think it can be done cheap. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, Memorabilia question. If you could have a specific player jersey from any of the outdoor games, who would you have? My answer is and always will be Nicholas Lidstrom, uh, Wrigley Field Winter Classic jersey. Uh, Just because I already said it this episode, I'm going to go Anthony Mantha Centennial Classic. (laughs) I have no idea. I like the Stadium Series jersey, though. I'm just trying to think of who. Get a Hank Stadium yeah, jersey. Yeah, okay. Oh, he says one Red Wings and one other jersey. His are Mantha Centennial and a Yager Flyers jersey. Good call. Wait, was P- Dadsuk wasn't still on the team when we played this stadium series? Where is he? Uh, Colorado was he? I don't think no. so. Uh, that was fifteen sixteen. He was so there he would have been there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would have been there. Oh, I already I'll got an outdoor Dadsuk, so I'm covered. Um, who? Whatever. Another. What's another good outdoor jersey from other teams? Is it blasphemous to ask for a Colorado one? <laughs> uh, thanks for the content in this godforsaken offseason. Cheers, Don. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. I'm going to go to the 2007 Buffalo Sabres jerseys when they just wore their old jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, but I feel like that's half of the teams, right? Yes. Yeah, which which Pittsburgh, Washington, or Chicago jersey would you like? Yeah. That's honestly what it kind of comes to. How many of the Rangers to? been in? A few. They've had a couple decent ones. Yeah, they're getting up there. It's time to cut them back. Not any. Oh, dude. I have the answer for you. What? The Devils wore the red, white, and greens in an outdoor oh, game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give me an Adam Henrik one of those. Wait, because he would have still have been. Yeah, been, he would have yeah, still yeah. been there. Good old Windsor I want a Brizgalov jersey. Oh, that'd be sweet. The one where he was on the bench with a thermos. Rowan told me to tell you to check your Twitter DMs because you need to prep for his question. So do that now. Way ahead of you, dude. Okay, good. Arjun Shanker says, hey, guys, it's been a while, but I just wanted to chip in with these two things. Bert and Ernie is the best episode title you've ever had, and I really miss hockey. I agree wholeheartedly on both those points. Uh, I'm sure I'll have more questions once the season starts. Take care, fellas. Good to hear from you, Arjun. Uh, I was just actually thinking about you the other day because we're um, going to be giving away our uh, tickets to the pre or the home opener meetup soon. Um, and tickets you- already purchased. Tickets already purchased. Give- giveaways happening. You must tune into every episode between now and the start of the season because you don't know when we're going to launch it. It'll, it'll be, be subtle. It'll be soon because we-, we need to give you time to prep in case you're not. In Michigan. Right. I'm uh, trying to maximize <laughs> listens here, dude. Uh, Michael Barry says, with the Ernie trade, do you guys think Zadina just stays in the minors for most of the year? And how would you feel about that? I just get this feeling that Eisman is not really interested in this year's record. This is going to take time, quote, quote, uh, for the wings and might want to just focus on the youth in Grand Rapids. Um, okay. I don't, I think you're right in that Eisman is not really interested in winning this year um, or like fretting over that. But I think he'll recognize the importance of giving Zadina pro reps. Right, like Zadina's the one guy out of all of them who needs pro reps. The one thing is, too, the argument I've been making for Zadina for the last four months, I've now kind of come off of, where Zadina didn't have any good playmakers to play with in Grand Rapids last year, so I think that hindered him a little bit. Whereas he could go up to Detroit, and even though it's a tougher league, playing with forget Larkin, even a Nielsen or a Philpola would be better for him. And then I remembered that if he goes to Grand Rapids, his centerman is probably going to be Joe Valeno. So 
I'm a little more open to him going to Grand Rapids, but I still think it should be Detroit. If it's half and half, I'm fine with that. But it, I think half it needs to be a threshold in mm-hmm. or around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Delia says, hey, boys, I don't have much this week. What was more heartbreaking? Game 7 Chicago 2013 or Game 7 Tampa 2015? Oh, Chicago by a landslide. Yeah, because we... Yeah. That was actually a team that might have competed. There was no chance in hell Detroit was going to make it through in 2015. Yeah, and that was the second round against Chicago. And uh, who was They won it? the cup that year. They won the cup, yeah. And yeah. they beat Arizona in the conference finals? I want to say it was LA. Oh, one of the two, yeah. Either way, I remember Detroit had a winning record against LA that year. I, well, whoever it was, I remember. I'm like, damn it, we had their number that year. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, that was the last year where I had any real hope of like residual success from the team that was petering off. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, do you think there's actual, any actual chance Svechnikov plays an impactful or even marginally impactful role for the Red Wings? Like, not this year, but ever. Oh, yeah. I just don't see it. He's aging. Injuries have hindered his progress, and we don't have and we don't have the space, and he honestly hasn't showed that much when he's played. I'm just afraid he's becoming all hype and not sure why so many fans are choosing the blind faith upside of him just being a staple in the lineup someday. Feels a lot like the conversation that has already taken place over the years around Sarayarvi, albeit at a closer to the NHL level. That is, lots of talk about what he could be until we realize that it's just too late and probably uh, isn't actually going to happen. Anyways, please discuss. Also, holy shit, I'm pumped about that Oktoberfest brews and starting uh, that Oktoberfest brews are starting to be released. My favorite time of the beer year. Cheers and let's go Red Wings. I was told Ovet- uh, Svechnikov was supposed to fight Ovechkin, so he better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, look, I think he makes a great point here. I think a lot of the fan base is getting way ahead of themselves because the actual evidence that we've seen on the ice from Svechnikov has not been substantial. And not... It's not entirely his fault. He's played, like, what, 20 NHL games? So here's where I'm at. He had a really good rookie season in Grand Rapids. Really good. That's where the hype's coming from. It wasn't just that he had a good career in juniors. It's that his first year in Grand Rapids, his production was very similar to what Zadina just did this year. Different players, different ages. I understand that. But still, it's worth noting. He had a down sophomore year, which, whatever, that happens to a lot of players. And then he blew out his knee. Like, there's the the problem is, I'm not going to say yes or no on Sveshnikov one way. He had such a major injury. We don't know. If his knee comes back perfectly healed and he doesn't have any long term effects from it, yeah, I think he'll still be an impactful third line winger, maybe second line winger. I'm not saying this guy's going to go out and put 60, 70 points up in the league, but 40 to 50 on the regular, very possible. And that's fantastic from a depth winger because is Adam Ernie going to hit those numbers? Hell no. So if we can have a Svechnikov, who's a big body like Ernie, to get in there with some actual skill, because Adam Ernie's 20-year-old season or 19-year-old season, whatever, his last year in the queue, was similar to Svechnikov's draft year in the queue. So if we're excited that Adam Ernie might have an uptick, Svechnikov's a couple steps above him. So that's the other side of it, which I also see a lot of validity in. The beauty is this is such a gray area because we just don't know yet. Yeah. Um, that so, knee could be ruined and he can't even skate. We don't know. So the answer, Garrett, is you might very well be right. But the fact of the matter is we the Red Wings still have not had a good look at a first round pick that is due for it. So you just kind of have to force it to see what you have. Uh, Sean Levine, um, very important question here. If you were in the ocean and a hammerhead shark was swimming straight towards you, do you think it's possible to grab it by the hammer part to prevent it from eating you? It's obviously stronger than you, but the mouth is below it, so how would it get to you? Hashtag off. Go for the eyes and the nose. 
Yeah, but then you have to reach for one side, and then you lose the grip, and it can just turn on you. I'm just thinking, if I grab that hammer, my legs are naturally going to swing under the shark as I pull on the hammer. Yeah, so you kind of like You have to get above it. it. No, you kind of cup it. Are you saying ride it like a dolphin? Yeah, that might be what you have to do. That's definitely what you'd have to do. It wouldn't last long, because that shark is way stronger, way more powerful than you. You flip it upside down. It's going to buck you in a second. Well, you put a thumb in each eyeball. That's your only hope. Ah, You could do that. Quickly enough before that, you know, 3,000 pound behemoth just tosses you in the air like a seal. Look, here's the thing. I've heard too many stories of people successfully punching a shark in the face. And you guys know me. I'm very morbid. So if a shark's coming at me, I'm going to have two thoughts. One, eh, probably going to die. Made it farther than I thought. And this is a really cool way to go. Two, I have an opportunity to survive this by punching a shark in the face. Sharks are ambush predators, so you probably wouldn't even know it's coming to Why do you know this? I know things. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know sharks were ambush predators? No. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, yeah. So probably this would need to be more of a reactionary thing from you. Yeah. Maybe like every time in the water I flip. You got to get that swinging back fist just nailed. Yes. You need to go to way more metal shows. I do I, I do flail in the water, but that's because I'm a poor swimmer. Uh, Evan Beckner says, sup, guys. So is Lion A like bad now? Hockey media makes it sound like he's barely a fourth liner. What is he really worth? He scored 30 goals on a down year. Why do people think he sucks? Yeah, also Fortnite's ruined now because of the mech, and so he'll have a lot more time this year. <laughs> uh, no, uh, he's he's a very atypical player, and this is actually a very interest, like, interesting like case study in how you give contracts to like players who are, are elite in one way or, and average and bl- to below average in other ways. Uh, also, keep in mind that he's still very young, and those average to below average aspects of his game could very easily it's, round it's out. It's absurd how he can basically become a ghost and then all of a sudden have 30 goals in a month. He's, yeah. what, 21? And he's huge? Yeah. Uh, and he's got maybe the best release in the entire NHL? Yeah, he's not going to... He's not a bad player. He's a fantastic player. He can be a superstar, and I would not be surprised if it happens. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. He would be, any team would be happy to have him. And you know what? I think Winnipeg's going to sign him for a great value because right now the things that he's not so great at are being a little bit over magnified. Uh, Joseph Fournier says, thrilled with the Ernie trade. A fourth is very little give up. This is the kind of trade we've been waiting for. Eisenman taking advantage of Tampa's cap crunch and buying on a low potential, uh, buying low on a potential higher value sleeper. But after this move in free agency, this means some players that many people thought would automatically be on the team next year will, be, will probably be starting in Grand Rapids. Food for thought. If you haven't already uh, talked about this, can you discuss the significant reclassifications of some of the organization figures, like Yuri Fisher having assistant added to a job title he already had? To stay fresh. We can talk. We can talk about all that. The reality is, it'd be conjecture at best. We don't really know what's happening in the background, and a lot of this might just be administrative stuff related to pay. A lot of it might just be the way that Eisman likes an org chart to look. A lot of it might be modernization or standardization for stuff across the league. What you have to look for is the big stuff. Who's coming in? Who's coming out? Who's taking the lead on stuff? Draper coming in. These new guys coming in as chief scouts. Um, whoever's leaving. That's the most of it. I want to get too hung up on assistant and and director and all that. Um, Marissa. Oh, Marissa, what did you just start? She has questions. First is build a perfect burger. That one's fine. Okay. Um, I'm pretty easy. I like a lot of different things on burgers. Okay. First of all, a burger, medium. It's not steak. I don't go medium rare. Medium burger. Mediums. Yeah. Burgers, yep. medium. Okay. 
Now, I'm a huge fan of any, I'm just going to air quotations, breakfast theme burger. So fry an egg, throw it on there, get me some back bacon on there. Give me just a good, nice barbecue sauce on there. Nope. Yep. No. Yep. Wrong 100%. on so I you don't like breakfast you're wrong. No, you, I don't you like You live it. near Johnny Fresco's. You never had the Sam I am burger? It's I don't, so good. I don't like egg on sandwiches. No I don't like what? Brad. I don't like egg on sandwiches. I don't like egg on things that aren't like if I'm not eating eggs, I don't want egg on my thing. This is the one time I actually think your takes hotter than mine. Really? Is I do it's, it's so popular, right? Like why do people love egg outside of the realm of where eggs should live? It's delicious. Beef with egg and then more beef. Oh, it's heaven. It's called being progressive, Ryan. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Um I and I also Really hot take. I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this. No pun intended. I don't love barbecue sauce. I think there's so many better sauces. Evan. <laughs> the artificial uh, smoke. His, his, his do opinion doesn't matter it anymore. just doesn't do it for me. I'm not a barbecue sauce guy on my burger. Um, I am a barbecue sauce guy. Um, but if I was building my burger, it's... Um, <clears throat> I like pork. I like doing like ground, pork. like like a ground short rib maybe i like to mix my meats and then medium and then just some nice old cheddar and some bacon that's it and then some lettuce onion and i'm i'm a ketchup guy but in that case i could do some spicy those crispy onion straws you i hate onions but you can throw those on any burger i'm happy yes big big fan okay so there's a place in ontario uh the works is it oh worst burgers I like, I, but I like the combos that they have. Like, Their breakfast burger is fantastic, and it's called the breakfast burger, right? Okay. I, I had to call them and complain once because they f- messed up my burger. God, I'm not allowed to swear on these episodes <laughs> anymore. So they have a, they have a lot of different, like they have like jerk burgers, and like they do. You're a, a jerk burger. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty easy on burgers. I'll, I'll take a lot of different things, but you want to know this is my hot take, and I know I'm gonna. This isn't gonna be popular. Buffalo chicken burger, goat cheese. I like a buffalo That's not chicken. That hot. But okay, buffalo chicken isn't a burger. That's a sandwich. Does that qualify? That absolutely does not qualify. <laughs> I'm going to f- shove that through as my answer because there's going to be a fight this next question. <laughs> Marissa, why did you do this to us? All right, guys, build your perfect pizza. Oh, no, God. <laughs> we've done this already. The argument has been going on for three years. Ryan just likes a pepperoni pizza. Nobody takes his answer seriously. I like grilled chicken on mine. Ryan thinks that's the worst take in the world. Evan, I don't even remember because it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just like putting. Why don't you just have eggs for breakfast? Why don't you just have chicken breast instead of the pizza? Have you ever had a breakfast pizza? They're really. Good. Oh yes, <laughs> Evan. Kill me. Yes, Evan. Oh man. Yeah, buddy. Uh... Breakfast. Pe- I actually went to a, a fine dining restaurant for brunch, and they had breakfast pizza on their menu. So that's how I know it was legitimate. R- Ron Swanson was on to something. Breakfast food can be eaten anytime, anywhere. You guys want to know something? Listen to me. You can do, listen, scrambled egg, bacon, oh god, and like a hot honey. Oh, it. yes. It is I, 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 so okay. good. Put that, like, inject it right I, into my veins. I had a pizza with lemon ricotta and hot honey on it and some kind of, like, a... That sounds really good. Some kind of Italian 
salami. So prasada. Yeah, and it was, oh, God, it was amazing. Anyways, uh, fun story for you guys. You'll enjoy this. I picked up a piece of pizza at a, uh, my friend's birthday party, and it was like a pineapple and like pepperoni or something, and I took a bite of it, and it was not pineapple and pepperoni or something. It was cheese, grilled chicken, and barbecue sauce. Hell yeah. No, and I- This I re- friend's party, it was bread. <laughs> <laughs> and I refused to waste food, so I ate the whole damn slice. I was very Dude, mad. Grilled chicken, peppers, mushrooms. Perfect. Uh, Simple. Describe your ideal vacation. Anywhere that I can just not do anything. Yeah, I want to be able to turn my brain off. So it sounds. Are you guys a hot or a cold people? I'm a hot if I'm going on vacation. Okay. Warm. But nope, that wasn't my your options. Hot, I guess if I have to pick one. Okay. I do want to go to Alaska. Um, like, I, there's a whole lot of places I want to visit. Like, I want to do the Europe thing. I want to do the Alaska thing. I want to. I want to do the weird things. But like, if I'm just going for my my perfect vacation, I'm finding some tropical island where people bring me my drinks and I don't have to do anything. And there's enough, like, if I can do cave diving, if I can do cliff jumping, if I can do that for when I have a little bit of energy for the three hours that I do. Take me to the Bahamas and that's all I want. And they have a little island off of the Bahamas that has uh, pigs that live on it. Like, you on- can go pet the pigs. That's, that's all I want to do. I love that. That's on- my perfect vacation. Like, yeah. honestly, my perfect vacation spot based on everything I want, like from the cool factor and the relaxation factor, is Hawaii. Can't Hawaii is sweet. I want to do like the, because you can do the luau, the chill on the beach, the whole thing, but I also want to climb volcanoes. So it's got everything I want. Hawaii is sweet. I've been twice. It's great. Favorite childhood memory? Uh, Not growing up. Playing hockey. Uh, oh, man. You know what? Going on road trips and having my Game Boy and just. Like, do we have to pick a specific memory or like it can be recurring? Broad. Yeah. Summers when you were a kid and it felt like they lasted forever. Oh God. Yeah. I don't know. Just my, all my hockey road trips. Cause just me and my dad and we'd be driving all over Ontario and I got to play hockey at the end of it. It was great. K was says how, uh, how's life guys. I have a feeling that Eisman has no feeling of obligation to the current players on the roster with that. I think we're going to see some guys get moved around at some point. Any of you have inklings like that? Yeah. I, I completely agree with that sentiment, and that's something that makes me very happy. Um, I don't, th- I think there's a possibility that he has something in the works, but I think the realistic take on this is that if and when an opportunity does come up, he's not going to not do it because, oh, well, he's done a lot of good work for us, and uh, the fans love him because he's from Michigan. And um, His name's Justin Aldridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's going to be none of that, which is a great I can't imagine there'll be anything super radical unless there's something that he can't say no to. You know what? These questions are all food it's related. Gonna be, it's going to be Jacob Delarose. That's going to yeah. be the trick. Food related. What is your favorite way of having eggs in your favorite toast? In my mouth as I, fast as possible. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's uh, scrambled eggs. Hundred percent. Wrong. Yeah. Poached. Mm-mm. I love. You need to do Gordon. Eggs. Have you had Gordon Ramsay's style of scrambled eggs? Yes. yes, because they're the French style, I believe. Yeah, and it's perfect. They're perfect. Uh, a good eggs Benny is hard to beat, but well scrambled is great too. I like a rye toast. Um, if you're actually having eggs for breakfast, I don't like, I used to eat them sunny side up and dipping pita bread into them growing up. And I love that. Pita too. bread. Yeah. I would dip toast. I was middle Eastern. So that's what we that used. That is toast. <laughs> yeah. Your eggs and just slathered it in hummus and then pita bread. Why would you put that? Actually sounds amazing. Eggs and not, hummus. Is no, that good. No. Why would you do that? What's wrong with you guys? You know what? I brought my, my mom sent some uh, dill pickle and roasted red pepper hummus and I was going to bring some for you guys, but now no longer. Well, I'm going to have eggs tomorrow. So please, <laughs> uh, Jeff- I've never done that and I don't think I would, but, uh, Jethro E says, so here in the States, CBS and Viacom are merging together again after having divorced each other in the mid two thousands, kind of like two punch drunk lovers who couldn't make it work out of college divorce, never remarry, meet up again at their 10 year college reunion and decide, screw it. Let's try this again. This is already my favorite comment. So this 
this is the Detroit Red Wings and Valtteri Fippola. Uh, the Big Lead had an extremely interesting article about what this merger could do for the sports landscape, and it touched on the idea of the NHL getting onto CBS Viacom after the current rights deal is up. Also made mention of Fox and ESPN making a run for the rights deal. Oh, I, I should read that article. With you. He links to it. So patrons, go take a look at that. So this is all very interesting to me because I'm a massive nerd, uh, but NBC has been a pretty good steward of the sport during their tenure as the exclusive U.S. broadcaster of the NHL, so I don't know that I want to see them complete dropped out of the next rights deal would you guys think the nhl would follow the ex- same tact of the nba nfl and mlb by having multiple national broadcasters for the nhl throughout each week of the season in the playoffs i don't know i want espn getting a hold of hockey rights again the nhl would be the redheaded runt stepchild of their rights deals i honestly would love to see nbc and fox get dual rights to the nhl starting in the next deal i think fox going all in on sports could provide an opportunity for friday night hockey um, which I always thought would be a great compliment to Sunday hockey on NBC. Then the rights for the conference finals should also be split a la NBA, where one conference is shown on one network and the other conference is shown on the other. Also, the other rounds of the playoffs could be split between NBC and Fox, which would help avoid having to see games on non-sports channels like CNBC and USA. What do you, Ontario Buttes, think? Would love to hear your thoughts. Even Shays, I mean Evan's thoughts. I have no idea. I, uh, I, I have the internet... It allows me to watch things not on a TV. I don't want ESPN in there because I don't want to hear uh, people talking about how does LeBron James on the Lakers affect the Kings? The week in hockey, but with emojis. So Jethro, uh, uh, for anyone who doesn't have good insight into this, I actually recommend you go and actually read the article that Jethro linked as well as Jethro's comments. This is a really good analysis. And I think you're right on the money uh, in that splitting it up is pretty advantageous considering, yes, I, I do think... You know, all criticism aside, NBC has been a good steward for the sport, especially its growth over the past however many years. Um, but there's just too much value to be had in splitting it across networks. And I think the NHL might not be quite there, but they will be there in terms of popularity of the sport. So you might as well get on that train now. I agree with Brad. I don't love ESPN's coverage. Um, but if that's just the reality of it, then that's fine. You know, NBC. I want more than just arbitrary Wednesdays and Sundays on NBC. When I was in America... I, th- I think I've told this story before, and I was watching the morning highlights. F- I think in a full hour, 55 minutes of it was football. It was the off season. There yeah, was no football right. going on. Um, could Johnny Manziel play goalie could, for the Minnesota Wild? Yes, basically was what they were talking about. Alex Zuko says, greeting dub-dub dudes. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Let's assume the Red Wings have another good for the rebuild year and uh, again end up with a top five pick. Shed those long-term contracts among the defensive core and re-sign all the young RFA forwards to nice four-year-plus contracts. With all the caps placed cap space plus a good young though maybe not elite forward core plus the likely permanent arrivals of Zadina Rasmussen and Vlano plus a nearly clean slate on defense clean slate on defense and in goal do you if you are Stevie Y start to aggressively add pieces or do you muddle through one more year so that you can shed Helms Glendennings Abdulkaders and hell maybe even Nielsen so that you can be even more bold and aggressive at that point thanks as always it depends on this season if that uh, Mantha Larkin Bertuzzi line continues to dominate Athanasiu Zadina show some nice progress Chaloski Hirono show some nice progress yeah i think you could you could start dabbling there because you're not going to be signing any good free agent for one year so if there's a guy out there you want like a tory crew grab him because he'll be there for many years for when you expect to be good but it's if the red wings don't progress the young players on the red wings i should say don't progress like we hope they will this year then you absolutely don't because you need 
as many high draft picks as you can. We're only allowed to draft at six, though. We're not allowed to draft. Any yeah, I was, was going to say the draft lottery could help us because if we land Alexi Lafreniere or Lucas Raymond in the next draft, then yeah, yeah, we can start turning this thing around I'm a little sure quicker. I'm not sure they'll be there at six. You never know. I didn't think more Sider would be at six, but here we are. <laughs> True. Um, it's just going to depend on opportunity, right? Like these things don't; these things aren't mutually exclusive. Like for example, Eisman said this rebuild is going to take time, and we need to focus on like configuring the team. But he didn't say how much time. It, he also saw the opportunity in acquiring a guy that he liked in Adam Ernie. So it's just kind of de- going to depend on circumstance, as well as what these guys mentioned. Uh, Rowan says, "Good day, dud duds." As always, my comment is. Uh, proudly sponsored by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. When it's the hockey off season uh, and you're headed to the cottages for the weekend, keep your picnic items fresh and safe from bear attacks with Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. Guaranteed to keep you safe from bears. Only safe from bears in Australia. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, well, we came crashing back down to earth on Saturday night as the Wallabies got well and truly hecked by the All Blacks. What a drubbing. On a positive note, my rugby club has two grades into the grand final despite one of them being coached by a total idiot slash internet menace do you guys uh know anything about rugby have any of you looked no. it up one of my co-workers uh plays for the university of waterloo team so i've learned a bit um uh, sorry i lost it there uh oh yeah this is like a hockey talkie show ah, so how about that Nylander photo that's all i got Jersey time. Ryan, you need to hand this over to the least popular trivia pod. Okay, this is you now? I have it. Yep. Okay. You're being put on the spot. I am? Or Tr- both of us? You. Just oh. you. Damn it, Rowan. Trivia. Three questions to glory. What season did the Red Wings wear their barber pole jersey? Um, like the original barber pole. Not like the when they brought it back. Oh, frick. I know the original. The original was like 28, 29, 27, 28 was the original. Okay. Yeah. That's not the one. When did they bring it back? What year? 97. Okay. Question two. Did I get it right? I'm not telling you till the end. What seasons, seasons did the Red Wings wear Nike jerseys? What the? I don't, I don't, uh. There's a Fedorov one I think CCM was I want to say Nike was early 90s yeah Nike was hot then yeah let's go 89 to 95 no okay keep going okay and final question what season did the Red Wings wear the locomotive patch um and con- commemoration of Yaroslava Locomotive. Uh, that would have been the 2011-2012 season. Okay. So, on question one. Shit. You said 1997. Uh, you were hilariously wrong. It was 91-92. Was it that early? That's not that hilarious. It was Nick Lidstrom's rookie year, dude. You can understand why I didn't know the exact season. Yes, because you weren't born to like 2005. Okay, but hold on. <laughs> Did I get this right uh, as to when they were originally out? Because that will give me some redemption. Okay. Uh, hold on. I, I, I want to figure this out before I realize how I'm wrong in the next question. I did. 27, 28. Oh, then also 29, 30 and also 19, 30, 32. Anyways, keep going. Okay. And then uh, for the seasons that the Reddings were the Nike jerseys, you said 89 to 94? Yeah, sure. Okay. 96 to 99. Yeah. 
I, I wanted to say something. We won cups in them, Ryan. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I we won cups in those jerseys. I thought it was CC. I don't know. Federal's white skates, buddy. Come on. And then question Piss three. Off the all of you. Okay. The question three, the locomotive patch. You said eleven twelve. The correct answer is eleven twelve. Congrats! Congratulations. You got that one. That was that long ago? Holy I crap. Know. It was that long ago. So, um, since Rowan knew you were going to fail, yeah, he actually sent me a consolation prize to console you. So, I'm going to grab that. Not that you deserve it, but he sent you one. He's going near the diapers. Did Literally, he... I'm going into the child's clothes. Oh. He didn't. Are what is that? Are you kidding me? Are you seriously kidding me, Rowan? <laughs> Our crazy mate from Down Under. I love him so much. <laughs> Do you love him because of the jersey or because of the shit he puts me through? Uh, okay. <laughs> I seriously love him for this jersey, but the shit he puts you through is even better. He got me a, uh, a Red Wings Wrigley Winter Classic jersey for me to customize. Right with. with the Wrigley Field patch and everything. Oh, I'm so excited oh, for YouTube. Thank I'm God we're on YouTube now. I'm so damn excited. Rowan, I love... Oh, this is the best test I've ever failed. <laughs> Before, all it did was give me a lot of anxiety about my career. Now I have a jersey out of this. This is the best neg. This is the best negative test he's had since his last STD check. <sighs> we need a mega sponsor, like a mega like title sponsor, so we can bring that guy over from Australia. Yeah, that is that will be our first act of benevolence is building a land bridge from here to Australia. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. We have time for some... He can probably just ride some sharks and yeah. other things over. Like, would it be cheaper to build a bridge or train some sea life? I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> uh, we have time for some Reddit questions. Um, this one's from Holy Moly, What a Goalie. It says, so I listened to one of your early podcasts while at the dentist. Why? Uh, sorry for making that more painful. Um, in it, you reference Willette and Marchenko as bonafide top four defensemen. You're very high on the team trying to sign Louis Erickson and then a couple and couple that with the recent signing of Brad Richards. We would suddenly be a legitimate cup favorite. Uh, can you please talk about these sound bites that I collected from half of an episode and discuss what opinions do you have now that will most likely seem ridiculous in a few years all right so i'm gonna uh give you a big chunk of an answer here um what's happening yeah well, i'm not reading that question out again uh he, he listened it. to an early episode okay and pulled out some atrocious takes that we had oh yeah we had to I, we defended the the kaiser contract once upon a time so there's a few things to consider there one uh the early days of this so that would have been like the very inception of this podcast was 2015 early 2015 and was it that uh, long ago the red wings red wings fandom at that time was at a weird spot where you know with a little bit of outlook you can see that this was going to be a bad direction the team was going in um but there was no tolerance for that kind of conversation because the red wings were still making the playoffs at that point yeah it's weird to think we've had two playoff rounds in the history of this podcast so between ourselves not wanting to accept it and the like the fact that we don't oh. have we didn't have the support or listenership that we do now i don't think we didn't accept it i think we knew the trajectory we we're just hoping that it would be better and longer than we thought right and the fact that we were getting blasted anytime we said are we going to hear these takes or what i don't give a shit if i read them out already can you guys listen while i read oh those are all of them yeah oh those aren't that bad. i'm answering the question he oh. says why did you make the, explain the takes? Oh, I thought they were I thought oh, I thought you were going to give us specific takes. No, no, uh, explanations as to why like uh context for the show. 
I got a simpler one. We're dumb. Nobody should listen to us. <laughs> uh, there was no like, there's no appetite to hear anything negative. We actually regularly got blasted anytime we did. We actually had like a lot of hate online for how critical we were. Yeah. Like that was our most common complaint. Yes, uh, from listener feedback. So, so everyone we, told not, us to stop shitting on Justin Applicator. Yeah, that actually got like people like you need to cool it. That yeah. was once a criticism we have. Like, we get it. Advocator sucks. Knock it off. And we're like, what? So there was a point early on when we were trying to figure out who we were as a podcast. Where we're like, well, we can't alienate the only listeners we have. Uh, so we kind All of... six of them. We backpedaled a little bit. And also the reality is we now weren't we, as we weren't as good back then. Yeah. And now we don't care about what you guys say. <laughs> Honestly, we, we can lose a few of you and still be doing all right. But we, not too many. Don't take that literally, you guys. We've gotten uh, a lot better. The fact that we've made this kind of like part-time jobs for ourselves like analysis predictions even just podcasting in general we've gotten better um we've went from gone from like you know hardcore fans to like making this something that we do for work so this is uh like we're we're entertaining the idea of like a half a decade from now this might be our full-time job so yeah like we weren't as good back then uh takes that could be bad uh Chalosky could end up being terrible Hirona could end up being like a fourth best defense that could be bad what like yeah like what opinions do we have that could uh, seem ridiculous in a few years oh um that we currently hold that you could see absolutely blowing up on us um eisenman could be an absolute travesty as a gm yeah but these those are like long shots i'm just i mean i've gone on record as saying i think philip corona could be a top two defenseman after playing half a season in the nhl so that that could absolutely blow up in my face i'm not as high on that and i'm a little bit but that's definitely one. Like, we're all very high on uh, I've been Kronik. Pr- Chalosky could go way of Marchenko. Applicator is going to come back and score 30 goals. I refuse to accept In one it. year. I've been, like, trumpeting that I think people are selling Valeno short, and I think he's a second line, a good two-way second line center with offensive upside. He might be no better than a fourth line yeah. center. Um, there, the, Any opinion can blow up at any point actually the one that i've been trumpeting for what i feel is like a year and a half to two years from now that hasn't come to fruition yet and may never is i still think that production wise anthony mantha will not pass dylan larkin but catch up anthony mantha should be a 60 70 point guy a 30 35 goal scorer year in year out and that might look horrendous based on his last two seasons so who knows because I still think Anthony Mantha to Dylan Larkin offensive production yeah. is not a big gap. Yeah, we have more of a license at this point to kind of say and do what we want and be a little bit more critical when uh, it warrants. But also the reality is we just weren't as good back then. And we're going to continue to make uh, mistakes. And, you know, if we were perfect, we'd be hired in the NHL right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry that you had to listen to that at the dentist. That's a really terrible time to listen to an early episode. Uh, Red Wings AK74 says... No, he... he- did it it was good so that something seemed worse than the dentist smart yeah but thank you for that question it was actually um really thoughtful one uh red wings ak-74 says let's say we have a nosedive in the first half of the season do you think blashill will be the yeah. co- <laughs> do you think blashill will be the coach by the end uh especially do you guys think that the coaching staff has to show significant improvement this year to remain in the Iser plan much love and keep up the good work it's not in the how many, it's just the how. Yes. Are Larkin, Mantha Bertuzzi, Athena, C.U. Zadina lighting the world on fire? Nobody's going to be upset as a Red Wings fan. Yeah, losing will suck, but if it's Darren Helm and Franz Nielsen and Abdul Kader and Jimmy Howard and Jonathan Erickson blowing every game for you, nobody's going to be that, diff- uh, that 
down on the Red Wings relative to last season. But if the guys that we need to see either progress or continue a high level of production start regressing, yeah, Blashill's gone. Um, this is a, a question I'm really happy I got. It's from the Magic Man 1343. He says, this is for Ryan. I remember hearing one podcast that your family is from Iraq. And I was wondering if you're Chaldean. Uh, I'm Chaldean myself, and Chaldean hockey fans are few and far between. Uh, yes, I am Chaldean. Um, my family came over from Baghdad 29 years ago, 28, 29 years ago. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of us, and people don't even know what Chaldeans are. If I ask either of these two meatheads, they wouldn't be able to tell you without being mildly offensive. Uh, so, yeah, uh, really cool. Um, if you come to the meetup, I would love to meet you, man. Um, it's awesome uh, to see other uh, Chaldean or even Middle Eastern hockey fans up there. I mean, I was born in Windsor, so I don't know how Chaldean I can call myself, but yeah. Uh, Coltron57 says, I swear I think of the decent questions during the week and always forget them before these threads. Anyways, how many Reese's do you think you can eat in one sitting? Like peanut butter cups? Yeah. How many could you fit in a truck? Because that is, like, Reese's peanut butter cups might be my single favorite food on the face of this earth. I don't love chocolate, and I don't really have a tolerance for rich foods, and I could eat a thousand of those things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bell's Beer Best Beer says, yo, thanks for the shout out last week, dudes. Either or, sleeping with socks on or off? Off. Off. Because a monster sleeps with their socks on immediately looks at Evan. Uh, there is a time and a place, but it's very few and far between. Okay, that's an acceptable answer. When Barely. I get really sick, I, I, I like wear a parka to bed. Fun fact, if someone sleeps with their socks on regularly, they murder people for sport. <laughs> Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, I, I need to go start running to Australia so I can hug Rowan. I uh, would like to thank all of our uh, listeners, all of our supporters, game level sponsors, Sky Carcass, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Don Mitchell, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Sean Levine, Kaylin Wood, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, and Hannah Lee. Thank you all so much. I'm going to go get this jersey customized. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.